Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and today I'm here with my wonderful wife, Patty. Hey. And today we're going to talk about how you can learn to speak your truth. This is something I think, if we're all honest, is easier said than done. Especially my audience, who happens to be sort of like a bunch of outliers and free thinkers and free spirits who tend to think and behave and believe much against the grain. So speaking your truth for you, my friends, in particular, I know from experience, it comes with its challenges. And, uh, you know, Patty and I have met so many of you wonderful people now having, you know, doing our retreats now. And uh, most people we meet that come are talented. They have these like gifts in a sense, but a lot of them aren't using them. A lot of them are not voicing them in the way they want to. Um, so this is something that a lot of people reach out to me and ask me like, Victor, how do you, how do you talk about like the ascension energies and, and not care what people think and talk about higher selves and all that kind of stuff. And I've been doing it for a while now. I don't even really realize how easy it is for me to speak my truth. But it wasn't always a case. In fact, I was far more shy and introverted by far than Patty. So speaking my truth was, has never come easy to me. But if I can do it, my friends, you can do it as well. <laughs> and Patty has a lot to relate to this as well because she's especially now walking a highly unique and uh, controversial path trying to be a shaman and a parent. Medicine woman. Medicine woman. Um, so she, she has uh, a lot to add to this one as well. But we'll go ahead and get right into it. So one of the first things you want to say, just a word to the wise, I think this would help a lot of people, is to find your people. Find your people. A lot of times we become, we, we learn that it's best to keep our mouth shut because we're speaking our truth to people who we know aren't going to resonate with it. Like I spoke my truth a lot when I was when I first woke up and started to become aware of all the kind of stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. And I was looked at with, you know, like at like I had lobsters crawling out of yeah, my ears. And it was very stares. it made me feel like an idiot. It made me question myself and doubt myself even more than I already was. Um, and it wasn't that the, the, those people suck and oh my, they're so asleep. It was that I, and it wasn't that I'm not capable of voicing my truth. It's that I was choosing to voice my truth to the wrong audience. It reminds me when I, I had, a, I used to run a gym, as many of you know, and this is back in like 2013. And by that time I had been going through my awakening for quite some time. And I had this idea to create this transformation center where it was way more than a gym. This is my truth, what I wanted to speak at the time. And in the beginning, people would come and I would take them through a little workout. I'd, I'd sort of like sneak in some kundalini yoga. And then at the end, I'd have them all lay down and we'd relax and I'd play the singing bowl. But you know what? At that time when I was doing all those cool things, my gym had like three clients. It was not doing well because th those people didn't give a shit about that, quite honestly. I wanted to transform them deeply and they wanted to lose five pounds before the next weekend so they could impress someone on a, they're on a, on a date or something. Mm. Um, and it made me really think like, man, it's like, what's the point of me like having all this passion and like having all this wisdom and having all this experience with like this awakening and transformation? It, I felt like everybody I talked to and spoke my truth to, it just fell on deaf ears, but it, it wasn't their fault. And it wasn't my, well, it was my fault. And I wasn't taking my advice. I was speaking to the wrong crowd. And that's why eventually I decided to go online where I can reach a lot of you cool cats. 
So what do you think, love? Have you Do you have experience with that? Speaking to the wrong... Uh, yeah, you know. not much because I always tried to use discernment just because of um, my personal experience with you speaking your truth to me before I was prepared. Huh? <laughs> so I, um, I always tried to use discernment, but I did have one actually this, I t- completely forgot about it until just now, um, where I was like talking to my niece who she's, she's 10 years younger than me. And, um, she, so she has like a more hip mindset, but yet I said some things to her like about the Illuminati and stuff. And it really just freaked her out more so than actually helped her. And, um, I, uh, hindsight, I obviously should not have said anything to her at all because it just didn't serve her well. Right. So, but after that, then I learned my lesson. I was like, ah, oh, Patty, you shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us have done that a little bit. I did it quite a bit, but I, I think like the main thing I want to convey to people is a lot of people are a bit beyond that, I would say, and they really have a message they want to share, but they feel like it's like, there's no point or it, it's just difficult for them to speak up because they can only imagine themselves speaking up to the people in their little world. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I had this very narrow idea of people, the, the, the general term people and what their beliefs were and what their capabilities are because I was judging it based upon my, my little, my little perspective that wasn't very seasoned at the time. Just, I, I, we kind of lived in Michigan and it's like, you know, spirituality is not definitely not as big there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it made me feel like this, this, this sucks. This there's is pointless. There's nobody out here that and I, yeah. understands us. Yeah. And <laughs> it made me feel like it was harder and harder to speak up, but, but you know, you, you move around, you, you go find your people and you'd be surprised at how many people resonate with you. It's weird. And look how strange I am. The way the things <laughs> I talk about on YouTube, I have like hundreds of thousands of followers that listen to me talk about, you know, all your weird stuff and intuitive energy <laughs> updates and yeah. stuff. So it's possible. Number two is to find your voice. A lot of people, they have like this, this knowing they're, they're, they're meant to share something and they know that their, their experiences must mean something. They're going through all these profound personal insights and revelations and they're looking around and seeing, you know what, not everyone is going through this and I have a lot to teach people. They probably also look around and say, man, I could help everybody I know uh, if they only knew what I knew. But um, it, it can take some time to... Find out your ideal outlet for expression, you know? Mm-hmm. Like for me, again, I thought because of my, you know, I only had so much experience, I thought, well, it must be, I must be a personal trainer. I like fitness. I can help transform people to some degree. That's my outlet. But it was like, no, no, that that wasn't it. That didn't quite allow me to go deep with anybody. I was never really satisfied. I was always having to like dumb down what I wanted to say and do. Um, and then I would try other things and it took me a lot of experimentation with a lot of different like niches and I had many different YouTube channel outlets <laughs> and yeah. it took me a, a little bit until I started. There's one time I had, this is one of my, one of my five original YouTube channels was called sustainable six pack. It was yeah. all about being ripped and eating whatever the hell you want and going out to eat and stuff a lot. Anyway, I felt inspired one day to share this story on that channel 
about my first encounter with an angel. It's like, a, I've shared it before, I won't go into details, but it was my first really bona fide mystical experience. And just the way I was expressing myself in that particular video, I felt for the first time like I was like channeling. I felt like, whoa, I really articulated this message very well, way better than ever before. And there was like a new energy that sort of, sort of like poured out of me in this video. And then I was like, you know what, man? I'm gonna put this same video on all my other channels. And I did. And it was like, that's when I, I, I found my voice. I, I realized speaking about this kind of stuff is where I really come alive and where I can really speak with authority and confidence and passion and, and get and get um and get a reaction from people. But it, it didn't come easy. I spent 10 years thinking I was a trainer. I spent another year experimenting in, in a very frustrated manner, all these different YouTube channels. But once I found it, it you never unfind it. You know it. Mm -hmm. So that, for, but that was how it was for me. Patty just sort of found hers easily. So we'll hear her, her uh, take on it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I always kind of allow things to unfold as they unfold and and um I think one of the things that helps me with that is just the kids being so like in, intertwined in their life and like what they're doing and like taking care of them and doing stuff for you and all this other stuff so um focusing on myself wasn't something I really did for many years um but when I first drank ayahuasca that's when I knew that there was something different happening for me. It was like a, I knew when we, when you got invited to go to Rhythmia and I just felt this very intense pull, like I need to do that. Like I need to go to Peru. I need to like drink ayahuasca. I need to, to for you, it was Costa Rica, but I was like, I felt this like, very intense, like, I have to do that. And then um, everything sort of unfolded effortlessly for me to be able to do that um, easily. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, after I drank the medicine, I knew that my calling was different now. It was like, your life is about to change big time. <laughs> right. Know? And... Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe the feeling, but it for me it was something that just sort of yeah, I guess came to me. Yeah, because but you, because I didn't I wasn't seeking. You know, although, I knew something was sorry, I know you cut, you're I'm cutting you off. But, I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. Okay, perfect. I knew that there was something lacking in my life, and I knew that I wanted more than just to be like just a mom, yeah. you know, like that's, there's nothing wrong with like devoting your life to being a mom and a wife. And that's a, such a beautiful, powerful thing. And it's such an important job and uh, life purpose. But for me, it felt like as much as I love this and as much as it's super important for me, I felt like there was more that I should be doing with my life. And, um, so it came at a time when I was feeling there was a lack within myself. Yeah. But what I was going to, I kept trying to interject there is I do recall there was a period for you where you were doing a lot of experimenting. Do you remember when you were like into essential oils and then you were into yeah, like, uh, you had that, this one shaman teacher and you had like a few different little yeah, outlets, but that was the, Ayurveda. 
this and that. Yeah, that all, the Ayurveda and the shaman teacher all kind of happened after the ayahuasca, but the essential oils was... I know, I'm trying to keep it on like finding your voice, not so much your purpose. I would say like you found your voice now through that path, but now like you... You have a way of communicating your process yeah, to the, the right people mm-hmm. where it comes through with authority. Where, again, if you were to be like, try to talk about the way what you just said to us, if you were to have voiced that to like your parents or something, right. or you know, yeah. or, or voiced some other type of opinion or expression, it wouldn't have right. come yeah. out. Yeah, so, I get what you're trying to okay, say. Okay, okay. I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. No, um, definitely. When I'm like serving rape, I yes. feel the different energy come through me yes my voice even sounds different sometimes Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like okay this is what we're doing now and i it's it's yeah i can feel it it's it happens very effortlessly it does in fact it's funny because when we do our sedona retreats it's not a plant medicine retreat just to clarify some people think it is yeah it's um, definitely but not. we do have this raw pay it's illegal tobacco stuff we've already talked about it. i'm not going to go into the details but patty you know in the beginning i'll set up her little station and i can tell that people are looking like huh what is all that what is all very like like a little bit curious a little bit like uh, i don't know about that but then by the end there's a line because people <laughs> see they see like people going up to you they see just like what happens the way you're able to heal them and, and with this confidence and they'll come out crying and this and that and it's like it's like that's where you're you really shine with mm. that but it took it took some time for you to find that you know yeah but anyway we, we got the point there i want to move on <laughs> um number three it is can really really help and especially with people who listen to me which are real higher conscious people who resonate with any of this stuff, um, is to to choose to have a higher perspective when you know um, when you get feedback and you inevitably will. And I'm going to share something out of a book I'm reading right now, which is awesome. It's called The Fifth Agreement by what's the name of the author of the fourth the four agreements. Don Miguel. Don Miguel or something. Don Miguel uh, Ruiz, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Anyway, there's this little, little situate, little scenario the author paints, which is a perfect example of what I'm saying. He says, "Imagine yourself walking into a theater, and you notice it's empty, and then you realize, oh, there's one person in there, and you and you walk up behind that one person, and you realize it's you. You're in this theater by yourself, and you look up at the screen." And before you, your eyes, what you see is your life playing out. Just your, your friend, your family, your mom, your dad. You just see your life kind of unfolding right there um, on the screen. And, and you, the one watching, like in the theater who was there originally, doesn't even realize you, the other person, you know, has come up behind it. It's so immersed in this movie. It doesn't even know it's watching a movie. It's so infatuated with it. With it. And then you say, you know, I'm going to bounce. I'm getting old. I've, I know my life. So I, I, you leave the theater and you go into another theater and you realize, oh, there's only one person. You go and you, you walk down the aisle and you sit by that person. And you say, oh, it's your mother. And then you look up on the screen and it's like, it's like you see kind of your mother's life. And you're in it. You're in her movie. But you're not at all the same. You're in her movie. You're her version of you, which is very, very different than your concept, your truth, who you actually are. And you say, "Okay, that's cool." Again, the mom didn't even notice you walked in. She was so immersed in the movie. And you, you get up and you go and you go into another theater and you see like maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend or something, and it's the same thing. There's the movie. It's playing out, and there's you in their movie, completely different than your version of yourself and your mom's version of yourself. The point being, you probably already get it, is that everyone 
whenever they communicate with you, they're not really communicating with you. They're communicating literally with their version of you, which is not usually even remotely close to who you are. So when someone says, you suck, get off the stage. I don't like what you say. I don't agree with you. You're an idiot. It, they're not even they're not even addressing you. They're not even talking to you. It has nothing to do with you literally. It's just you are just a lump of uh, mental abstractions based upon their beliefs and their conditioning and their life experience and the, the, the degree of distortion between you as a, who you are and what they perceive and what they're addressing when they give you feedback. It, it makes no sense. The long story short, that the whole theme here is don't take anything personally. And that's why. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. story a lot. <laughs> it do, well, it really gives you a perfect description of reality and how it is. You know, it's like there's right. always two sides to every story, you know, like this, those sayings. That's, it's true because there's two, two different perspectives. You know, everyone yeah. has their own perspective on what is happening right now yeah and another another sort of metaphysical way of viewing the situation is you can look at you know people who criticize you as literally other versions of you and oftentimes when someone says something that's you know upsetting to you it's because you attracted that energy there's a vibrational component within you that lined up with that exact message, that exact piece of criticism. And what that means for you is there's always something to learn from it. Mm. You know, there's always something that you can learn from the naysayers. And sometimes the message is don't talk to this person. They're an asshole. <laughs> Move on. But sometimes what they say, if it really stings and penetrates, is because maybe there's something, some truth to what they're saying that you could examine yourself. Or maybe you believe what they're saying, even though it's not the truth. So there's, there's so many much more... Uh, resourceful ways of viewing criticism rather than again sort of shying away and just avoiding it it's very valuable and uh, i don't know hopefully something we said there was can help you out yeah well i i want to share something i did i had someone um message me and she she had said something which she later felt bad about and 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 yeah, it was a criticism on the podcast, but it was, right? I wouldn't, it wasn't a real, I wouldn't say it was a criticism. It was just, I think she was just trying to give her feedback and be helpful. And I found what she said to be very helpful. And it was very, um, it, it was, it did. It made me look at myself and say, Hey, you know what? This person is, is accurate. And you know, I appreciated that feedback, even though she felt like it was negative later, you know, after co going back and she, she later like apologized. I was like, there's no need to apologize. It was perfect. I needed to hear that, you know? Yeah. And now maybe if she said something like you suck and you're stupid, then maybe I would have something else to, to feel about that. But, you know, um, I, I found that to be helpful. So I think it also, depends on the the delivery of the criticism too or what you know whatever yeah. the critique and that's i think that's a good example of sort of both the things we are saying on one hand she probably did realize that she was sort of maybe having a rough an irritating day or something and kind of took it out on you in a way and it, maybe she wouldn't have chosen to say that at the same time regardless of that or of her motive there is value in it for you yeah it was so it was yeah, exactly are, what i needed to hear yeah. you know and and so i always like um 
when those kinds of things happen, even if sometimes they might sting or, you know, they might be like, Oh God, I didn't want to hear that. But you know, let me look at that for a minute. And you know, I can't, it's not always easy to look and listen to criticism in a, and, and look at it in a positive light. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's always some, something to learn yeah. from, from other people's message. Yeah. I, I, a quick funny example before moving on. When I started my YouTube channel earlier on, I used to have this, I had many, but I had this one sort of, um, really sort of dorky little tick where every, I don't know, five or 10 seconds, I would really quickly, almost like lightning speed, I would take my tongue and I would, I would like touch the corner of my <laughs> mouth and you could see it. It was very quick. You know, you really have to look out for it. But once you know it, once you remind, once you realize I do it and you'll see, and you see how often I would do it. And someone said, stop doing that ridiculous thing with your stupid tongue. They said something <laughs> like that, something really mean, like totally insulting me. And like you said, it was like, oh, you know, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to respond to you, son of a, you know, I was like pissed off. I didn't respond or anything, but it pissed me off initially. But then I was like, you know what, dude, he's, it's true. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> and I stopped doing that. I was able to take the constructive criticism and, and apply it and improve myself. So anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. But I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Number four, I wrote down, choose wisely who you share your dreams with. A lot of like really successful people will, will say, keep your dreams to yourself. Don't tell anybody. Because it's just, uh, unfortunately, when you, especially when you dream big and you voice those, it tends to trigger a lot of people and make them feel, make them aware that they're not really dreaming big or living up to their own standards for themselves. And it's much easier for them to sort of try to bring you back down and, you know, tear you down than to admit all that to themselves. And so consequently, that's what tends to happen a lot. Like, oh, you sure? Have you thought that out? That's mm -hmm. not maybe, that's maybe sort of naive for you to really believe that's possible. <laughs> Have you really, what about this, 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 and this? And it's like, and then you're like, you know, when you have a big dream, you're vulnerable anyway about it. And it's, they're, they're difficult to pursue even with support. But when you have that negative support, it can be it can be detrimental. A lot of times, the naysayers or like you know, especially close people in your life, unfortunately, sometimes are the ones who do that. Um, it it just makes it where like finding your voice is going to be very difficult if you're constantly having to deal with people bringing you down. Yeah, and a lot of times, the reason that they're being negative is because it's for their own reasons, like. Like, um, when we said we wanted to move to San Diego, everybody we told didn't like that and no. said like, no, you, it's so expensive. They'd always say all these negative yeah, things about like California. Sub, yes, exactly. Oh, gas is so expensive. You know, the like taxes. They, yeah. And we just realized like, it's not because they hate California and they think we're stupid for moving there. It's because they don't want us to move. They want us to stay and be by them and be with them. And it was, you know, it was because they care about us and love us and they didn't want us to move away. But at first we kind of took it as like, they think we're idiots, you know, like we're wanting to do that. Yeah, well, it can be very discouraging when like to yeah. us it was this very pure it was a pure, dream. joyful, excite, exciting dream that was like, man, we would be so happy and so at peace if we could achieve this dream of ours. And then like you have that passion for it and you voice it and they're like, well, 
and then Did people when people this? are negative about it yeah. and it's again it, it's not like oh what was us it's like what well, we learned we learned who to voice our dreams to yeah and and now fortunately because we ignored the those this that sort of feedback um and pursued our dream anyway we we've been on our path long enough to where we fortunately could you know acquired quite a bit of quite a good support team people yeah. who like are genuinely happy for one another mm-hmm. like that's how especially like me and aaron the way we are like he's like we are always very happy for each other's success mm-hmm. you know like he does something well even if he's doing something better than me and it maybe makes me feel like less than and vice versa i'll still be genuinely happy for him and, and him to me and you have plenty of people in your life too that mm-hmm. are like that and yeah. that's that really helps. That's that's like the, like almost a little like secret to success is find those people, find people who genuinely love you and support you, and no matter what, no matter what it means for them. Right. Like for example, like my friend Aaron's going to be traveling around the world. He's kind of leaving, um, and it's kind of the same thing like when we left. I'm sad, and I know he's been debating: should I like keep my house or should I just go off and be gone for a long time? And I was like, you know what? I've encouraged him to do whatever he wants, basically. Part of me like, oh, hey, Aaron, you should get that house, man. You should stay put because I want you to. But I don't let myself do that because I genuinely want him to be happy, you know. Right. As an example. So my point is like, yeah, be careful. Not that you can't share dreams with people, but be wise about it because. Yeah, and just, yeah, just choose the people that support you 100% regardless of what they might want for, you know. For themselves, yeah. For themselves, yeah. And lastly, and this is something I know very well, is that I wrote down thick skin. It really does come from experience. Like when I first got on YouTube, that was very hard for me. Even though I found my people, I found my voice, it still was not easy to have people, you know, give me negative feedback. And it used to really bother me and really get to me and get under my skin and you know, I could read through like a hundred comments on a video and there'd be one person that said something like remotely negative. Mm. And that negative comment would it would fester with me. It would literally like drop my vibration. I could feel myself like get into like doubt, fear, anxiety, anger sort of frequency. And I would sort of hold on to that all day over one stupid ass comment, you know. Um, and I was aware, like, wow, this is not good, Victor. You're letting this one person amongst 100. It doesn't make sense logically. Um, but at that point, I didn't have thick skin. And even against common logic, it would still have that emotional influence over me. Um, but with time and experience and dealing with enough assholes in my life, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's all these things I'm sharing are becoming more natural and easier. And uh, in fact, I don't even really read my comments on, on my social media accounts anymore at all but um back when i was one of the things i would do when i finally kind of evolved a little bit and got where i could handle it i would i would choose to respond to the people who were negative sometimes especially the ones that pissed me off when i (laughs) I really wanted to lash back out and come up with some kind of creative retort to tear them back down i would i'd let myself be mad I'd walk away and I'd wait till I cooled down. Then I'd come back and try to say something like nice and, and like pleasant. Um, and just a, just a way of kind of working with my thickening, you know, that thickening skin muscle, if you will. That's not the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying. But my point is it takes time, right? Yeah. You know, um, this reminds me of something that uh, I used to 
work for this woman. Her name was also Patty. And she was a very, she was an amazing hairdresser. She was very eccentric. And um, so it was a little bit challenging to work for her. Anyway, she taught me a lot. And um, I'll never forget, uh, this one lady came in and she was a walk-in and she, I happened to have some time to do some hair. And um, she showed me a picture of what she wanted and I, I did what she wanted. What I, I gave her the, the hair that she <laughs> showed me the picture of and she wasn't happy. And I was all upset about it and I felt like, man, I shouldn't be doing hair. I suck at life and I'm the worst. And all, I was thinking all these crazy things. And Patty, my boss said, honey, sometimes there are people that are going to come and you cannot please them no matter what you do. And that advice over 10 years ago has stuck with me because it made me realize that there are people that are going to find something wrong with whatever and if that, if their, um, whatever negative arrows are pointing at you, you know, it can be helpful to just think, you know what, maybe they're just one of those people, Yeah. you know, that just, they were going to find something negative in everything. And yeah. so they're going to find something negative in what you're saying, you know, yeah. and that's okay. You don't have to internalize what they're saying just because they're a negative person. Yeah, I guess it's good just to accept that a percentage of people are just going to be negative no matter what you mm-hmm. do, no matter what you say, and yeah. it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So when you run into that, usually you can recognize it. Mm-hmm. You can just sense when it's all about them, you mm-hmm. know, and then it's like, okay. Exactly. Um, but the last thing I want to say before we go is a lot of people, again, I, this sort of this premise came about from just talking with so many people, reading so many emails of people who have these dreams and these, these talents, these things they want to do. But they're like, well, what about, what about the negativity? What about the naysayers? What about this, that, and the other? And with all the things we said, I really believe they'll help you a lot. This is like, you know, wisdom from the trenches that really served us big time. And will you, I believe, strongly. Um, but with that said, it's still, we're not perfect. We still sometimes, I still sometimes get upset with people when they, if I hear a negative thing or whatever. Um, <laughs> but the point is, like, from the get-go, I simply made a choice. And you can, too, just to speak your truth anyways. In spite of the potential negativity, the resistance, maybe the learning curve you have to go through as you thicken up your skin. It might bother you for a while. You might get riled up a little bit, but it, it's, not an, it's not enough to really stifle your voice unless you allow it to be. It really is a simple choice. You can just choose to let your freak flag fly anyways. Yeah, I feel like also... Um, I want to add there's power in that, you know, it, it gives you momentum when you speak your truth anyway. And it's really such a, just a beautiful thing because then you can really hone in your, your potential. Yeah. And what's really uh, interesting is a lot, sometimes the naysayers will come around like some people that Mm -hmm. from like back home where we used to live. They're like, they're like, we don't even know what you do. We don't understand what you're talking about. It's like you're speaking Greek to us. But 
they can recognize our passion and our consistency and our determination and our our, our progress and our success. Mm-hmm. And that can't be denied. And even if they don't understand us or agree with us, they will respect that and also be inspired. A lot of them will be, can learn from that and, yeah. and gain from that. So. Anyways, my friends, we are looking forward to hearing all of your lovely and powerful (laughs) and helpful and healing voices that we know you possess. And hopefully something we shared will help you get get out there and speak your truth. Yes. That's what most people listening have come to do. Okay. My friends, we got to bounce. We got to retreat tomorrow morning. It's actually eight at night. It's almost my (laughs) bedtime. Literally, I'm got to do my cold plunge soon. Um, But uh, so it's a late one. We didn't want to miss out on the podcast. We got it in. Yes. And uh, better late than never. But it's not going to. It's not late. late. No, we're we're on time. But late for us because we wanted to do it this morning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But we'll be here next week, no matter what happens. Okay. Have an amazing day, my friends.